0: Hello, everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls. We're back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is coming back for us. And he has told us time after time that we must endure until the end, amen, because those who overcome will inherit the kingdom of God, amen, and so I want to talk about today, living as children of God, because if you all would recollect a few days ago, over there on Facebook, aka The Lion's Den, I was telling you all about that quote from Gandhi that somehow trickled down into the body of Christ. That when he said that God hates the sin but loves the sinner, and the body of Christ because of false false teachings and the fact that we have an epidemic going on in America and around the world, that there are false churches everywhere you look. So, of course, at the apostate church, they're not preaching the full counsel of God. First of all, God never said that. In his word, we see that those who reject the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for us at the cross, God resists them. God hates sin. He hates wickedness. And he hates those who do evil. So, for the lukewarm Christian who don't know how to stop sinning, to hear that God hates the sinner, oh, they were up in arms. And so I was trying to get to the bottom of why are y'all so upset at that saying? Because the Bible makes it very clear about God's position where sin is concerned, about his wrath. And about those who remain under his judgment. And so, that kind of brought us to today's lesson. About what it means that we are children of God. And what does it mean when we reject him. When we reject his awesome plan for salvation. Because... I believe where the confusion is coming in is that we have the wonderful scripture of John 3, 16, where it says that God so loved the world, okay, that he gave us Jesus. The problem is that people think that as long as God loves us like that, then he still loves the sinners. But that's not what it means when it says that for God so loved the world. It means that in his love for humanity, in the fact that he provided an awesome solution to sin and that he provided a way for us to be reconciled back to him so that our sins can be forgiven so that we are no longer enemies of the living God. So because of who God is, thank you, Holy spirit. Amen. Because of who God is, God is love and In that divine attribute, His grace and His mercy and His compassion. Because the Bible tells us that it is not His will for any man to perish. His will is that all men come to repentance. And so, because of who He is he demonstrated that attribute towards us by sending jesus from heaven to die for the sins of the whole world and when he died he was buried and at the and after 3 days he rose up out of the grave and so that doesn't mean that God loves the sinner man because we saw that go down in the garden of Eden. Okay. When Adam and Eve uh, disobeyed God, God had to put them away. He had to put his first created beings out of paradise. Okay. And so we see God's hatred for sin in action. Amen. And so I guess that what's happening is that when you are still stuck in your sins and you are saying that you are a born again follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, well, when you hear that God pushes away, that he abhors evildoers. That means he hates, okay? He resists. He pushes away. His face is now set against the sinner. Well, yeah, you're going to feel some kind of way. So before we go any further, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, We love you and we need you, Father. We repent of our sins. We get the memo that if we don't stop it, your wrath is still upon us. And so, Father, with today's lesson, I pray for your wisdom and understanding that I can be used as a vessel to let the body of Christ know that, yes, you are love, and you demonstrated that love towards us by sending Jesus. But there's confusion going on. So I ask that if today's lesson brings some clarity about what you said, about your position towards the sinner man, may that be clarified today. And may today's lesson be a word of caution as well as a word of encouragement. And Father, so I ask for your wisdom. I ask that the Holy Spirit give me clear understanding about your word And may that he bring to my remembrance everything that Jesus said to us. And I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And may this lesson bring you glory, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, so, like I said, this is coming off the heels of that people think that God still loves the sinner man no matter that he is still in sin. He is not heeding to God's command that we should live godly lives and that God already told us that he's holy and that without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. So... (laughs) we don't have an option whether or not we are going to sin today or not. We are commanded to walk the straight and narrow path and that we must work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Listen, we need to get a healthy dose of the fear of the Lord because without the fear of the Lord you can actually think like I thought that my eternal security was in the bag and that I could never out God's grace on my life because I'm locked in I am locked and loaded in to go into heaven when that's not true eternal security is not it's not based on the fact that you said some ungodly unscriptural and unbiblical sinner's prayer or that you went down the altar you answered that apostate fallen from grace false teachers call to come down to the altar to give your life to Christ, and then you went home and you felt a little good about it, and then about a week or so later, you're still back in sin. Listen, I can tell you from personal account, the first time that I went down to an altar call at my mother's church at the time, okay, I went down there, yes, I felt pricked, you know, to come on down there to the altar, that message he gave that Sunday morning. And I believe it was on a pagan Easter. Okay. See, I ain't know nothing about pagan holidays. I'm still a sinner, but I was starting to feel that prick. So I go down to the altar, you know, said whatever prayer he told us to recite and then he ushered us back off to a side room where I guess his uh, prayer warrior team was going to give us a pamphlet about what just had happened, okay? And so we all went back there in our Easter dress, Sunday best, okay? And what happened? I went home, okay? And I'm like, okay, well, then I must be saved now, I didn't feel any different. It was like, okay, I was right back into sin. Okay, so nothing changed in my life. So anyway, I believe that was what, 1997, I believe, or maybe 98. So anyway, anyway, anyway. So like I said, it's a lot of confusion about if we are saved, do we supposed to stop sinning? Yes, we are to lay the sin down. And so that is why when the body of Christ over there on Facebook a few days ago heard and was shocked that no, God does not love the sinner and so that what brought on all of this. And so, like I said today, we need to understand who God loves. Now, listen, let us first be very clear on this issue. Out of God's love of who he is, his mercy, his grace and His will for the purpose of mankind, where salvation is concerned. Well, he demonstrated his love. He did something for us. He provided a way of escape through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we must take him up on that. OK, we can't reject that because, yes, he is love. And in this loving action, OK, towards us, listen, like I said, the Bible says that it is not his will for us to go to hell and perish in our sins. Jesus said that hell was not created for man It was created for Satan and his demons, okay? So we see right there, hell was never meant for man, but we will go there if we and when we reject Jesus. That's the issue, and when you do that, And when you stay in your sins, when you say that you are a Christian, but you still is sinning and you're not repenting, or you are falsely repenting, saying, oh, I'm sorry, forgive me, but then you're still doing the same thing. So let us go to 1 John chapter 3, okay, We're actually going to pick it up from the last two verses of chapter 2 in 1 John, where it says, And now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ, so that when he returns, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. Because you see, That is what the Holy Spirit is saying. For those of us who have ears, you have to hear this and catch this. Okay. We must remain in fellowship with Christ so that when he returns, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. Because listen... It's going to be a frightening thing when you are calling yourself a follower of Jesus and you know that you are in sin. And when you see him crack open that sky, oh, it's going to be a whole different story. So the Bible is telling us that we must remain blameless. We must continue to walk out our salvation. Verse 29, since we know that Christ is righteous, we, we also know that all who do what is right are God's children. And that is where and on whom God loves, God's love remain upon the righteous the just, the one who walk in holiness and righteousness. Right, Holy Spirit, because if God hates sin, well, doesn't it stand to reason that he hates the one who commits it? Amen. So chapter 3 of First John, verse 1. And so I am going to read all of chapter 3 from verse 1 to 23, okay? See how very much our Father loves us. Us who? If we say that we are saved, then we are God's children. And the Bible just told us who He loves. So, if you don't want to be up in arms about who God hates, then we need to not break the fellowship. Then when you hear that God abhors those who commit evil, then you know that, well, that does not apply to you, okay? Because the reason why people are up in arms when they hear that is because of their guilty conscience. Listen, you know when you ain't living right, you know, good and full well outside of Facebook where you present yourself as religious and pious and that you got it all together in the Lord. But then when you go home, you know, you ain't out of that masturbation all the way. You know that you're still smoking that weed. You're still sleeping and creeping around. You know that you still got hate and envy in your heart. You know you're still holding on to a grudge of 10 years ago. So you really truly hasn't forgiven that person because every time that person name comes up, you are just full of venom. Okay, so, you know, like, you know yourself, you ain't all together doing what you're supposed to do. And so when you hear that. Your conscience is like, "Mm, yeah, no, but no, he loves me because the pastor told me that I can't out God's grace. No, he must still love me. But then we are not in the scriptures to see what he said. So come on. Chapter 3 of 1 John, right out the gate. Okay. Make no mistake about it. Who God loves. It says that, see how very much our father loves us for he calls us his children. And that is what we are. But... The people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Amen. Verse two, dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. Because I don't know about y'all. I'm looking forward to my glorified body. Amen. But we do know that we will be like him. Okay. For we will see him as he really is. Verse three. And all, okay. The Bible says, and all who have this eager expectation. That's right. Because we Or we know that we ain't walking in sin. We know that we put the sin down and we got the memo that if we don't stop it, then when Jesus shows up, oh, yeah, we're going to be frightful. okay, and not expecting. Right. Because we ain't looking and in eager expectation. Why? Because we still busy with Bob over there on the download. Come on. okay, And so. Verse 3, and we all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure, just as he is pure, pure. And that's the problem. When you get Christians who say that that's what they are, that they are a child of God, talk about how, oh, We can't remain pure or um God doesn't expect us to be pure and perfect, and it's impossible to stop sinning all the way because we live we living in this flesh. Well, hello, newsflash. We don't make provisions for this flesh. Listen, the flesh no longer has a say in your life, he has been crucified. Or did we forget that part, right? The Bible just told us that those of us who are in eager expectation of the Lord, of the Lord's coming, well, guess what? We're going to keep ourselves holy and pure and perfect. Why? Because we know he's coming. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Verse four, everyone who sins, okay, okay, everyone who sins is is breaking God's law, for all sin is contrary to the law of God, verse 5, and you know that Jesus came to take away our sins, and there is no sin in him, anyone, okay, come on, verse 6, anyone who continues, continues, That means living a lifestyle in your sin. You ain't trying to put it down. You ain't trying to stop it. Okay? Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin. You're not going to do it. The Bible just told us. So that just debunks the idea and the outcry that uh, we can't live a pure life all the time. No, nope, you can't. Why? Because Jesus told us that his word will judge you on that day, capital D, okay? His word will judge you. So, Imagine you standing up on judgment day, standing face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ talking about how, well, you know, it was, it was next to impossible to remain pure and, and perfect. And Jesus is going to say, anyone who continues to live in me will, will not sin, shutting it all down to the ground. But anyone who keeps on sinning, Okay, who keeps on sinning, does not know him or understand who he is. And I don't care what you say because I can't begin to tell you of the many comments that people want to say contrary to what God just said. One person going to say, there's nowhere in the Bible where it states that God hates the sinner. Really? Really? Well, I just sent him about four or five, maybe six scriptures to the contrary. Yeah, I haven't heard from him since. Okay, now listen. It says, but anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understand who he is, right? Because you don't understand it. When Jesus said, go and sin no more, you don't understand that. Why? Because you're still sinning and you don't know that he ain't playing because he says to repent or otherwise you too shall likewise perish amen, verse 7, dear children, do not let anyone deceive you about this, colon, when people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, righteous, okay, and so for those of us in humbleness, I'm saying this, okay, okay, when you call us self-righteous, because we telling you what the Bible just said, that anyone who continues in sin does not know God. And you're gonna say, Oh, y'all judging, y'all just wanna be all self-righteous because we all know that we all sin and you act like you don't sin. Oh well, guess what? <laughs> In all honesty, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to sin, okay? That's not to say that I don't have sin because the Bible does says that if you don't do something that you know is right, you sin, okay? So I'm not saying that I don't sin or um that I don't have any sin. I'm saying I'm following what Jesus said to strive to stay on the narrow path because it is straight and it is narrow and few will find it. So when you have people who are mad because they are still stuck in their sins. And when they hear and see us preaching, okay, stop sinning. And that how we are coming with the boldness because we coming from a place of, of obedience, right? Holy spirit of obedience to what the word says. And we are actually being doers of the word of God that is not us being self-righteous as if oh you act like you don't sin uh no I'm not okay I'm being a doer of the word and not a hero only and this is what we trying to tell you because we got the plank. Okay, we got the plank out of our eyes. So we come for the speck that we see in your eye. Come on, brother. Okay, this is in love. It is love when we say repent and stop sinning and believe the gospel and turn to God in full obedience and walk in that henceforth. Okay, so now look. Getting back to the scripture, verse seven, when people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. Listen, we just following the master. Okay. Now you can't hate on a one who is doing what God is telling them to do. That is walk in righteousness, be like Christ. That's like Remember how in school, right, you know how when you study hard, you're the one that always is prepared for the test, even the pop quizzes. Why? Because every day you go home and you study your notes, you read, you do extra credit, you're doing everything that needs to be done so that if there is a pop quiz, you are always at the ready. You're always studying. You're always getting straight A's. You are the brainiac in the classroom. You are the nerd. And so while everyone else loves to go to recess and play and hand in work late or uh, halfway done, You know, they barely pass the quizzes. They fail the pop quizzes because they are never ready. And so every time the teacher asks a question, your hand is up first. You know all the answers. Why? Because you have been studying. You have taken. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this analogy. You have taken the teacher up on her offer that if you need any help, you know, we got tutors available. If you want to do extra credit to get an extra 10 points on a test, you know, do it. And so that's what you do in your quiet time, in your downtime at home, instead of playing those video games or talking on a phone or doing all those things that will make you not ready. okay? And then when you get all the A's, Here come the class bully talking about why you always got to raise your hand. Won't you give somebody else a chance to answer the questions? You think that you are so smart and all of this mocking and snarky little comments because you decided to do the right thing why because you are trying to pass the test you are trying to pass that grade so that you can be promoted glory be to God and so that is all we are trying to do as well we are trying to get through this sanctification process so that we can move on from glory to glory past the test of the various temptations that come our way on the daily basis, we say no. We keep ourselves consecrated to God where our life is so close off It's just us and the Lord and maybe one or two true brother or sisters in Christ. And that's it. We put away the smoking. We put away the drinking and the sleeping around. We cover up this body. Okay. We present ourselves to the public as a child of God and not a harlot Jezebel on the prowl. Okay, we don't go to the lounges, we don't go to the clubs, we don't go sit up under some man or some woman, okay, who is not our spouse with all the heavy petting and kissing, and you know what that leads to. So we live a chaste lifestyle. So all we do is preach the word because that's our job, if you will, in the body of Christ. And so when we come with the righteous boldness because we come in with clean hands and a clean a clear conscience and so when we come with the lessons yeah for the sinner one the sinner man who says that he is saved oh to to him, we look like we're self righteous, like we never sin. No, it's just that we are studying and we are getting revelations that God ain't playing with that lake of fire. Okay, just like the student. Okay, preparing for the test. Well, that's what we're doing. We are preparing ourselves for when Jesus comes back. And that is what it means by being a child of God. Because the word just told us that if you are continuing in your sins, then you are lying to yourself if you think that you are a child of the light. You are not. The Bible says that not only that, you don't know him. Because if you knew him, you would know that he is a holy and just God. And that if we don't stop it, we are going to see his wrath. Listen, God is a jealous God. The Holy Spirit fights for us. Come on now. We should not be grieving him because you don't know how to put down them cigarettes. Come on now. Amen. Okay. Getting back to 1 John 3. Verse 9, let's, no, I think we left off. Let's just go back up to verse 8. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil. Come on now, to the devil. No, it's not. You're just being self-righteous. What do you mean, I'm of the devil? Well, you're still sinning, right? Well, because we still living in this flesh body. Come on now. You mean to tell me that you don't fall into sin from time to time? Nope. Nope. And I can say that in confidence because God watches. Listen, not only does he say that in his word, but he told me personally, he told me that he watches over my comings and my goings. What you mean? God said that to you. God don't speak to people. He don't speak to sinners. He don't speak to the ones who claim that they are a child of his but you are in willful disobedience, no, he doesn't speak to you, but glory be to God, thank you for your mercy, thank you for your mercy, and your compassion on my life, Lord God, I would not be anywhere if it had not been for you, you made the move. You reached out to us because the word says that no man seeks after God. So, Father, I know you watching what I'm doing. And so when I say, nope, I'm not walking in sin, I'm not. I'm really not. And listen, people. When you sit at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ and you get to know him and you're actually in this Word and you're reading and you're studying, he speaks to you. Why? Because that fellowship, glory be to God, is not broken. That's why he says up here at the end of chapter 2 of First John. And now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ. How are you going to remain in fellowship with him if you are still slipping and sliding up and through and around your sin? Listen, you cannot have your cake and eat it too. Once saved, always saved. That false doctrine Is sending people to hell by the boatload. Come on now. You got to put down the sin. That's it. Because you knew what you were signing up for when you committed yourself. Listen, you made the commitment. Okay. Okay. So God is going to expect you to line up with his word to obey it. The way he says it, not, well, you know, it's, come on, everybody sins. Yeah, and they are called sinners. They are not children of God. So look, verse 9, where were we? Yeah, right, because it was saying that in verse 8, but when people keep on sinning, It shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning, but the son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. And what are those works? Sin and death. Listen, When Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world, and when he was buried and rose up out of the grave, guess what? Well, he gave death and sin the big business. Why? Because the fact that he died for our sins and he was buried, so he fulfilled the uh, wages for sin, which was death. Because the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. Okay, well, by Jesus, thank you, Holy Spirit. By Jesus taking on all the sins of the world, according to the scripture scriptures, he had to die. Okay, well, he died. That's evident he died and he was buried. Okay, so now death. Oh, death and Satan thought They had Jesus dead to rights, but guess what he did? He resurrected, okay? Death thought he had him chained to the grave. Well, guess what? Well, Jesus gave death the big business by rising up out of the grave. He overcame the law of sin and death. He beat it, okay? He abolished it. In your life so now that sin will no longer have mastery over you. Why? Because Jesus abolished the power that it had over you. And as far as death, yes, we all will die a physical death. Because the Bible says that it is appointed once for man to die, and then the judgment. But guess what? The death that Jesus saved us from was eternal separation from God the Father, where if your name is not found written in the Lamb's book of life, you will be cast and thrown into the lake of fire. And the Bible says that that is the second death. And so that is what Jesus saved us from. Listen, we got to get back to some Bible study, okay? We got a lot of babes in Christ thinking that they are mature Christians. And the, the acid test and the litmus test is when you come with the meat, thank you, Holy Spirit, when you come with the meat of the word of God, You get all of this kicking and fussing. You want to know why? Because they are still babes in Christ. They are still drinking spiritual milk. So when you bring the meat, they don't have their teeth. Okay, they don't have teeth to grind up and chew and swallow the deep, things of God. They can't handle it. Just like a newborn baby cannot eat a T-bone steak. Why? (laughs) Their bellies ain't fit for all of that fat and grease and cholesterol. Okay. They don't have any teeth. Okay. To chew it up and swallow it. All they know how to do is swallow milk. And even with that, they spitting that up. Glory be to God. (laughs) Amen. Okay, so they could barely handle the infant formula. And likewise, the babe in Christ, and I don't care if you are 60 years old or like the woman over there going to tell me, oh, I've been studying the Bible for 45 years. (laughs) Okay, she ain't never came across 1 John uh chapter two and three, okay, because she didn't understand. I think what we what we was talking about. I think a false teacher. Yeah. And how she was like, no, I got it wrong. That's a man of God and all of this and that. When all you gotta do is look online, you know, and do a little a search because it it all comes up. So yeah, she's still sipping on some milk because she hadn't read and meditated on 2 Peter chapter 2 that tells us what these false teachers look like and what their agenda is. So anyway, getting back to the scripture here, okay? Okay. I'm trying to get past verse nine, folks, okay? Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning. (laughs) Let me just pause right there. So that shuts down the carnal, worldly, sensual, so-called Christians, uh, declaration if you will that says that oh it's impossible to keep on sinning well the bible just told us that so um if God's life his essence essence his seed is not in you well then guess what that's why you keep on sinning no it's not I'm a born again Christian I got saved when I was 15 years old Really, so then uh, why are you still sinning? Because everybody sins. Listen, God don't expect us to be perfect. His children, oh, yes, he does. Listen, just like in the natural, when you have children, don't you expect them to obey your commandments? So come on now, stop playing. I keep telling y'all, God ain't playing. You playing. You playing in your sins to think that God's seed is living on the inside of you, but yet you're in willful sin. Now, the Bible just said that, what it says here, right, 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 right. So if you've been born into God's family, right, do not make a practice of sinning. Why? Because God's life is is in them, so they can't keep on sinning, because they are children of God, verse 10, so now, we can tell, okay, we can tell who are children of God, and who are children of the devil, anyone, okay, here you go, listen, crack open the Bibles today, folks, anyone who does not live righteously, and does not love other believers, does not belong to God. Do, do not, because I can't tell you how these so-called Christian Christians over there on Facebook, a.k.a. the Lion's Den, have told me to shut up told me that I am a child of the devil because I'm talking about repentance and if you don't stop it, you're going to hell and that how I'm bringing discord among the brethren because I keep pointing out these false teachers and because they are fan favorites of these wolves and sheep clothing that I'm the one that keep talking about it and keep bringing it up and and why am i always saying that this person is on the list and that basically I need to just stop doing what God called me to do because it's irritating them what you're supposed to be loving the brethren listen we all are not going to agree on everything but because of brotherly love we can what disagree no we could agree to disagree shake hands and keep it moving in love but when you telling a, a f- <laughs> if you telling a fellow brother to shut up what where is the love in that yeah yeah I be getting it but that's okay that's okay because I know what comes with this job and I love it because you are just setting up my heavenly account with much more rewards. so so anyway, let's move it along. Okay, right. So anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers do not belong to God. Point blank and period. Okay, and look where it says, okay, verse 11. Now, I'm talking about loving one another, right? Amen. Because if we say that we are children of God, well, then the acid test and the litmus test, among other things, that our lives should be reflected in keeping with repentance, and we should love the brethren. Amen. So look, verse 11, this is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another and not tell each other to shut up. <laughs> what kind of a hot mess is going on? Okay, what is this? Verse 12, we must not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and kill his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what, uh, no, right. Because Cain had been doing what was evil and his brother had been doing what was righteous. That's the analogy that the Holy Spirit just given us. When I was talking about the student who was doing the right thing, thing in class by studying, being prepared for any test, especially those, oh, I couldn't stand them, those pop quizzes, always being prepared with the material so that when the teacher calls on anyone to answer the question, their hand goes up. And so you got a bunch of canes in the room hating on them okay because they are doing what's right they studying they they getting good grades they're the one that always make the honor rolls and the dean's list they always getting these special rewards for being excellence in academics Okay, all the while you off to the side with the spirit of Cain because you ain't doing right. You're not studying the Bible to show yourselves approved. You ain't spending no time with Jesus. You're always out doing your own thing, giving provisions to your flesh. So when a brother or sister in Christ who has been doing the right thing like Abel, Okay, here you come with the Spirit of Cain. Why? Because the Bible just said right here, okay, uh, we must not be like Cain. Come on now, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother, and why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil and his brother had been doing what was right. Come on now, you can't hate on the righteous one because we doing what God tells us to do, but you still in your evilness. And now when we bring these meat of a lesson to you, you can't handle it. Talking about somebody to shut up. (laughs) Verse 13. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. Yeah. What's this? Verse 14. I can't see. Okay. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love (laughs) for the brethren, amen, is still dead. In verse 15, anyone who hates another brother or, or sister is really a murderer at heart, okay? So take note, sir, telling me to shut up, okay? And you know that murderers have, uh no, and you know murderers don't have eternal life within them, amen, because you can't. Because you got the spirit of Cain all up and through that murderous heart. Verse 16, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. Amen. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Verse 17, if someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion... How can God's love be in that person? Amen. Verse 18. And this should be in closing. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Verse 19. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. To the truth. So we will be confident Amen, here we go, because this is the bottom line, this is the bottom line, so we will be confident when we stand before God, verse 20, even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings, and he knows everything, verse 21, dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. Amen. Because you see, when you come in to stand before God with a guilty conscience, you ain't going to have no confidence. Listen, I know that when I was in sin, the last thing I was doing was trying to pray. Why? Because I was guilty. I had a guilty conscience. Amen. And God sees everything and he knows all of our feelings, our thoughts, and he sees the actions. Verse 22. And we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. Okay? For all of you canes out there in the body of Christ, this is your problem. Okay? It's not that, thank you, Holy Spirit. It's not that we are self-righteous and we acting like, oh, well, we never sinned before. And why are you coming down so hard like this? God loves me anyway. Okay. And we will receive from him whatever we ask. Why? Because we obey him. We obey him and do the things that please him. Like what? Stop sinning. Like what? Do not break the fellowship with Christ Jesus. Like what? (laughs) Studying to show ourselves approved so that we are not tossed and fro. No, we are not tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine that comes down the pike so that when we hear something as ridiculous as once saved, always saved, that you can still sin and still call yourself a child of God, we will be like, no, that's not true. And so when you hear that from your brother or sister, that you are commanded to love, listen, that's not an option. (laughs) that's a commandment, God calls us to love the brethren, for if not, then God is not in us, telling somebody to shut up, so anyway, let me, let me get on down to verse 23, so I can let y'all go, right, Uh, what I say, right, verse 23, here we go, and this is, (laughs) Oh, Lord Jesus, we love you. Verse 23. And this is his commandment, colon. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. It's a commandment, people. God commands us to love one another. And love one another just as he commanded us. It says it again so that there can be no mistaking whether or not we should be doing this. Verse 24. Oh, this is verse 24. Oh, my bad. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us Why? Because the spirit he gave us lives in us. Amen. Listen, I ain't got to say another word. I ain't got to say another word. God said it all. He said it all in his word. So listen, this is the takeaway. Hold on, let me check my phone here. Because you see, I'm recording on two phones because one phone be acting up. So I had to do the backup. Okay, listen, God makes it clear in his word that his face is against the unrighteous. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me give you some scriptures that you all can go away with. Hold on. Let me come over here to my email because, see, I'll be storing stuff on my email. Hold on. So then I can pull it up straight away. Hold on. I'm getting there. Here we go. Here we go. And you all can look these up, so I'm not going to say them all, okay? Psalms 5, 5, that says, The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. That means that God hates the sinner. And we know from the Bible, it says that a, a sinner is those who breaks God's laws. Okay, evildoers. Then we have Psalms 11, 5. The Lord tryeth the righteous, but the wicked and him that love violence, his soul hates. Okay, so now I'm going to give y'all Psalms 45, 7. Jeremiah 44, 4. Psalms 10, 3. Romans one eighteen. Revelation 21, 8 and Acts 17, 30. Go and study that so that you too can be clear on this fact. Okay. God loves his children. And who are his children? The ones who responded to his love call. Okay. To his love call that, listen, mankind this is Almighty God. In my love, because of my mercy, I'm going to do y'all a favor. Okay? Lord, have mercy. I'm just paraphrasing this to make it common language for the folks. Okay? I mean, no disrespect. People, listen up of the world. Okay? You all are stuck in sin because I'm love. I'm going to do y'all a favor. I'm going to send my son Jesus to this world to take on the penalty that was rightly due to y'all because y'all didn't know how to stop it. Y'all didn't know how to stop sinning after I, after I already sent prophet after prophet, okay, day after day to tell you all what my holy laws were, but y'all rejected that so. Out of my love, okay, I'm going to do you all a solid. I'm sending Jesus to die for your sins, okay, so that my wrath will no longer be upon you. But if you do not accept that, if you say no to that, then you are still stuck in your sins. You still are a lawbreaker, and I hate anyone, who continues to break my laws. And that's the bottom line, folks. That's it in a nutshell. God hates sin and he hates the sinner. Why? Because that sinner has rejected the only one that could have saved them from God's wrath, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can save you. But if you say no to that, if you continue in your sins, then God's seed is not in you. His Holy Spirit is not in you and you don't know him. And the Bible just told us you are in fact a child of the devil. Now don't take your fighter with me. I'm only regurgitating what the word of God says, because if we are serious, and you see, this is the bottom line, okay? This is where the rubber meets the road, people. If you are serious about your walk, in Christ, if you are serious about spending eternity with the father, then you need to put away all the sin and get your face into this word. Because in here, it tells us, and it's easy. Okay. It's easy to understand that he ain't playing. He ain't playing that The hallmark of a child of God is that we accept what his son did for us on our behalf. We walk in the light. We obey all of his commandments and we love the brethren. We don't go back to the vomit. We don't come up with excuse after excuse talking about how, oh, it's just impossible to stop sinning. You mean to tell me that you're doing everything right? Yes. Yes, I can say that to your face. Why? Because we chose to be like Abel, who does what is right, who obey God, and who looks to do those things that please him. Okay? It's no different from the child at the schoolhouse who studies all the time, who makes herself prepared for any test that comes up always pass the midterms, always pass the finals, always be on the dean's list and the A honor rolls that always participate in the classroom that sits up front hanging on every word that comes out of the mouth of the teacher so that they can be prepared to move on from glory to glory. So if you want to be like Cain because you are doing evil and when you see the ables over here doing what's right oh now you want to kill us you want to be a murderer in your heart talking about shut up so I'm going to leave it there people glory be to God so study those scriptures okay so that we can understand where God's position is at when where it comes to sin because Christian 101, we know that God hates sin. And the first indication of it we saw over there in Genesis. It showed us that when Adam and Eve sinned, God put them away. Because God and sin cannot be in the same room, okay? And those who commit sin, God says that he does not abide in that person. That person... Okay, is on their way to hell. His wrath is upon them. So now he hates evil doers. And that's the bottom line. And don't fall from don't fall. Don't fall for <laughs> so many F's in there. Don't fall for the lie of a Hindu idol, idol worshipper who said that Jesus is not the only Son of God, and who read the Bible, the translated scriptures, and he found out in his own estimation that the Bible came up missing, that He couldn't trust what it said because according to him, there were misinterpretations and that he didn't believe the theology of God. We talking about Gandhi, okay, the world's beloved pious religious man. Okay, well, he was anti-Christ and he was the one that coined the phrase that God hates sin, but loves the sinner. I don't know what God he was talking about because he worshiped demons. Amen. And so there we go. There we go, folks. So I'm going to leave you all with that until next time. We need to, like the Bible says, come to our senses and stop sinning. We need to repent, lay it all down, get on board with God don't break your fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Stop sinning. Stop saying that you can't be pure because God calls us to be holy. And that's the bottom line. Either we're going to obey him or we are not. Amen. So Lord willing, until next time, i speak to you all soon. Bye for now.